Me Time and Murder is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Oh, well, big surprise. Okay, so, Tres, what are you drinking? I am drinking the Kib Chamomile Lemon Balm Lavender Tea. So, not pucka today. <gasps> I know, Kib is like, it's a rival, I have to say. It is, it's up there, like, it's very good. What are you drinking today, Miriam? I'm just drinking uh, ice lemon tea. For me time, I'm actually going to tint my eyebrows today. Oh, yeah. And I'm still using the Colour Sport 30-day brow tint. Nothing has changed. And then I also wanted to talk about a product I picked up from Elf. Oh, that's a throwback. Well, they're in boots now, which is very exciting. It used to be more just a super drug Brand. I thought they were just an online brand, and they start exclusively online. Yes, and then they were in Superdrug, and then eventually now they've got into Boots, so it's called the Brow Lift. It's just like one of those so brow type thing. It's supposed to be a dupe for the Anastasia Brow Freeze, and yeah, I will report back. You always say that, but be. you never report back. You mean just I know. To, you just mean to me, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't God, know. Does anyone really care about my brows? Not on the podcast, but you, just me. <laughs> hey, my eyebrows look so good, Miriam. Great dress. What are you doing for your me time, Miriam? Um, I'm doing my L'Oreal purple mask today. Okay, so oh, and review. We should give this a little section of its own because we have our me time section, right? What can mm-hmm. our review? review section be called oh we're on the spot is this what you do for um, a job is you brand thing no, i know i know but i'm not good on the spot on the spot <laughs> <laughs> that's not the name on but the that spot. would be a good name for like a you know like a spot patch on the <gasps> spot that's a really good name for a spot patch i should do branding do you know, do you know those <laughs> yeah that would be ah uh, because okay. when you're on the spot, you're kind of like, oh, I've got a spot. And you're like, need a quick fix. And you put one of those little patches you on. sound a little bit like that guy from Office Space jumped to conclusions. Because <laughs> like, on the spot. <laughs> See? It's on the I spot. I love that guy. That was a good show. Um, isn't it? Um, nice things people say. Nice things people say. Section. I hope, I hope that they're nice. Okay, well, oh, quite, well, well, just nice things. How's that? Nice things. <laughs> put it in a nice font. We are good. Okay, it's and good. it's in like, uh, should I put it in, what font should I choose? <laughs> I need more time. I need more time. Have we got, what about lobster? What do you think of lobster? You like the lobster font? We have a brand font. Oh, what's our brand font? Pretty sure it's like, Helvetica New Condensed? Or did I just use Bebus New? That's very possible. Okay. They well, kind of look not similar, but like the same vibe. Well, on my Google Docs, I've just put it on. Oh my God, lobster is awful, Miriam. I know, lobster is so awful. Oh, right, you were being funny. I'm oh. sarcastic. Oh. You're taking it way too <laughs> <Okay>. seriously. <laughs> who? You ever look at a font and you're like, who was that created for? Like, who is the target? Like, who's going to 
You know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah, because someone actually spent time to make that. Mm -hmm. Bizarre. Okay, time for nice things corner. Um. (laughs) TBC. (laughs) Okay, so awesome. Five stars. I'm fairly new to the podcast game, but it's refreshing to find one with a bit of flavor. Spelt flavor with an O-R, so I think this is an American. And by that, I mean those accents really differentiate from what I have been listening to. If you haven't given this podcast a shot, I wish you would. Oh, God, what a cheesy. I remember seeing that I comment. I wish and you would. I kind of love that. You I love was it. like, yes, you go for it. <laughs> I love a good, like, dad joke, like a pun, or like, I, I'm all for that. For the dad puns. For the, yeah, yeah, I do. I like a bit of that. This joke made possible by the Department of Dads Everywhere. Enjoy. Oh, see? Isn't that what I just said? Yeah, like the dad touch. joke. I actually love that. What a legend. Yeah. Great review. Thank you. All right. Anything else for Nice Things Corner? Or what are we done? I think that wraps up our Nice Things Corner for today. <laughs> Check back again next week. I can't believe how sad the Nice, <laughs> nice Things Corner no, is. So I- no, I'm so pathetic. <laughs> you, you, you like condensed it down into nice things. <laughs> nice things. <laughs> but it's kind of ironic, though, right? What? It's fine. What? what like, because, well, I'm not going to. Because it's bring... like super positive, nice things. <laughs> nice and things. And that's so corner. not us. It's not. Um, it's just like murder. Yeah. It is nice to start with, like, nice words from people. People are kind, and obviously, murderers are not. But. I think it's a nice move slide into murder instead of just <laughs> like just jumping right into it. Give them something nice and then just yeah. Lastly, thank you to our Patreons. Thank you, Renee. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you, Emer. Thank you, Justin. Thanks, Vicky. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Toya. Thanks, Laura. And thank you, Jason and Jason's wife. Oh dear, we don't have her name. I don't know her name. Maybe Jason will okay. tell me sometime. Okay. Mrs. Jason. For now, Mrs. Jason for now. <laughs> Mrs. Jason. Thank you. It's Mrs. Jason to you. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. And we have more episodes on Patreon if you want to join Jason's wife and listen to them. <laughs> Stop singling her out. <laughs> I don't know why I find it funny, but... I don't know why either. Originally, I actually thought it said Jaren's wife. And Jaren's I was like, are you seriously including yourself in this? When I first seen it, I was like, oh my god, what? <laughs> Jaren's wife. And it's like, we all know that's you, Maria. That's me. <laughs> okay, here we go. Today, we are going to talk about... It's quite a famous case. Okay. It's covered relatively extensively. So, do you know the case of John Darwin? It's not really a case. Oh the story of John Dar- Darwin. As in, like, the evolutionary person. That's Charles Darwin. That's <laughs> Charles Darwin. Huh. I don't. Well, it's his little brother. Get out. No, it's not, Tress. No, it's not. You're <laughs> having me so, on. You're so, so gullible. <laughs> no. Okay, so you don't. That's the only Darwin I know. That's all I can think of right now. Yeah. Isn't there a Darwin city in Australia? Never heard of it. I think there is. So wait a minute, wait a minute. Darwin's hardly an Irish name. 
is it England? England. No, We're in England. English name. But you just don't really hear that surname a lot. You don't? No. Definitely no. not. No. Okay. Okay. So, sorry. We are... This is John Darwin. On Thursday, the 21st of March, 2002, in... I didn't look up this word. Hartlepool. Hartlepool. Hartlepool, England. 51-year-old prison officer John Darwin thought he would enjoy the good weather before heading off to work. The Darwin family consisted of him, his wife, Anne, and their two sons lived literally on the beach at number three, Seton Carew. John was previously a science and math teacher for 18 years, then went on to be a financial advisor at Barclays Bank, before eventually settling on being a prison officer. So do you say that you can recreate yourself don't they apparently millennials are going to be the first people to have so many careers yeah i've heard that like at 40 you can just like change your career and i'm like wow like wow totally unheard of in prior generations yeah this guy did it three times i know and he's a he's like might be older than a boomer yeah yeah okay wow jeez that's good they're all very varied as well they are there's no link that i'm same Don't be scared years. to like you know jump into something different if you if you're not happy. Not only did he go through all these careers, John and Anne were also landlords, owning multiple properties and renting out twelve different bedsits slash studio apartment room type things. All right, mm-hmm. someone's doing okay. So he's doing all. Sorry, can you go on? He's doing all of that, but. But he's still doing the job of a prison officer, which is a tough job. Yeah, um, I'm not too sure. Maybe I think they pay well. I think you get right. a good pay. I don't know because no one wants to do it. And of course, they own their own house at number three, Satan Carew. But they also owned the one adjoined to number three. They owned number four, Satan Carew. Nice glass the wall through. That's what I would do. <laughs> And Seton Carew, where they own two houses, is a street full of big Victorian three-story townhouses with, like, beautiful pillars and, like, balconies, rooftops, looking out, massive windows, looking out onto the North Sea. They can literally see the seaside, the beach, and the water. Like, you know what type of houses I'm talking about? Yes, today they would be a fortune. The Darwins enjoyed their lifestyle as well as their location. So on Thursday, the 21st of March, at about 8am, John dragged his canoe to the beach, put on his yellow life jacket and paddled out into the calm sea. Oh God, I hope it stays calm. I have no idea if John is the victim, if he's the protagonist, if he's the villain. I have no idea. (laughs) I like that I have no idea. You're going to find out. Okay. So I don't know whether or not to be mean to John yet. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, we're only like five minutes in. Why do you want to be mean already? <laughs> because if I know they're the villain, I'm like, ugh, he's got all those houses. How dare he? You know, but I'm like, if he's not, <laughs> I don't want to be harsh to John yet. I know. Just like, okay, somebody's greedy. <laughs> somebody's pulling themselves. All those houses. Okay. I'm just jealous. I want to have all those houses. <laughs> well... Don't be too jealous just yet. It wasn't until 9.30pm that Mm -hmm. night 
when alarm bells were raised. John had not shown up for his night shift at the prison. Oh, wait. Yeah? Nothing. What? Do you I have know? an inkling that I might know this case, but I'm not going to say anything because it's, it's just a very, very, very small inkling. Okay. A major okay. search was launched immediately that night, but John could not be found. The next day, on Friday, the search was up and media was heavily invested in the tragedy. John was on the paper's front page. Five lifeboats, two Coast Guard rescue teams, police aircraft and heat-seeking equipment and teams of police officers and volunteers all pitched in the search. But all they could find was John's double-sided paddle. In a statement to the media, an officer stated, If a canoeist loses his oar and cannot retrieve it, he is at the mercy of the sea and currents and has to sit it out until he is rescued. After four days of no sign of John, the search was unfortunately scaled down. As the likelihood of him surviving out at sea, this long with no paddle, was very slim. No backup paddle in these things, no. Yeah, just one paddle. Like, like I thought they had like a little flat, little tiny flat paddle, like an emergency one. Should have, mm. shouldn't have. What is it? This is a canoe. So it's actually a handmade canoe. <laughs> All right. Well, that's what I was asking the other day in the family group chat. I was like, mm-hmm. can you just buy a boat and go out into the water? Like, if I want to, can mm-hmm. I just do that? And I remember I didn't know the answer. And nobody answered me. I think Daddy said yes. Yes, you can. I think, like, in the town, like, if it was in Enniskillen, mm. I would be less brave to just, like, go in and do it. But, like, there's so many lakes. If you just went to another lake outside of the... Yeah. The town centre, you'd be grand. No one's going to stop you. But like, yeah, I think you can go to the water. Do you remember? I just had a memory. I think it was like on the last day of school when the summer began, people would jump in off the bridges. Do you remember? They'd jump in in their school yes. uniforms. Do you remember I ne- that? I never did that. I just thought. Oh, no, because those were crazy people. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's not going to happen. They would just jump in in their, in their uniforms, yeah. Wasn't it wild? Was so dirty. Dirty and with like trolleys in there. Yeah, there's always like Safeway trolleys in there, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's not the best. Maybe they've cleaned it up since, I don't know, but. A few days later, John's red canoe washed up on shore in several broken pieces, along with John's yellow life jacket. Oh no, that's not a good sign. Six months after John's disappearance, Mrs. Anne Darwin said to the media, all I want is to bury his body. It would enable me to move on. In April 2003, 13 months after the fateful day, the coroner declared John dead. A death certificate was issued to the Darwin family and a funeral was held to celebrate John's life. But the real twist in this story doesn't come until five years later. <coughs> Do you know this story? I do. Oh, you do? <laughs> yeah, but I'm not going to say anything. You're not going to say anything? No. Okay. You're going to pretend. So I feel like there will be people out there who don't. There's there bound to be. <laughs> Are you going to act for us today, Tris? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to bring out my best gas. No, you should chime in. I, think, I still well. react anyway. Like, even when I watch like TV shows that I've already watched before, like I'll still be like, <gasps> I can't help myself. You know what I would love to do? I would love to record. Jaren, like me and Jaren, but mostly Jaren, watching The Descent. 
I think he would literally <gasps> shit oh himself. God. It'd be so funny. Has he not seen it? He's never seen it. He's so bad <gasps> at horror movies. He literally hides behind his hand. He hates horror movies. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, yeah. well, he will hate that. <laughs> it's the worst. It, it's the best. <laughs> the best and the worst. Okay, good luck with that. Okay. On Saturday, the 1st of December 2007, at 5.30pm, a man walked into the West End Central Police Station in London and tells police, I think I'm a missing person. He claims to have amnesia that renders him unable to remember anything since the year 2000. Okay, I don't think I know this case. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) You were so confident. That next sentence changed everything. (laughs) (laughs) So, this is now genuine shock. Okay, you don't know this story. Well, no, I don't think so. Who do you think this person is? No, because I'm afraid that maybe I am still right. Okay, after some police digging, they were able to confirm that yes, it is John Darwin, the missing canoeist. <sighs> Did you see? Okay, we all knew that, but. <laughs> <laughs> so, so sorry, what year? Or how many years? Five or more? Five years later. He turns Someone back stumbles up in... into a police station at what time? Half five. In the day? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And says, I don't know who I am. Yeah. I think I'm a missing person. Yeah. And they were like, you're John Darwin. Okay. Digging, they were able to say, yes, this is John Darwin, the missing canoeist. Mm-hmm. He has been missing for five years, presumed dead. So he's a canoeist now. Is that he was How many other professions can we just add on to this one? <laughs> he can make canoes. He can drive, drive canoes. Drive? Oh. Row? Paddle? <laughs> row? Well, he obviously can't do it very well, can he? Oh. Anne, who had moved to Panama three months Prior was called and notified. She was elated and made plans to come home right away. The wife went to Panama? She moved to Panama three months ago. Random. Right? John's two sons quickly headed to London to reunite with their father. Again, John was in the, was in the front page news. The man who went missing at sea and presumed dead had came back to life. That's bizarre. Everyone wanted to... <gasps> it's like Castaway. It is a bit, right? At the end, when she's married your man, it's so sad. I know, it is very sad. I think whenever, whenever I was a kid and I watched Castaway, I didn't get it. I was like, why is it sad? You were gone for so long. But then you watch it again when you're older and you're like, she was the only thing keeping him alive and the ball. But like, it is very sad then. <laughs> <laughs> she moved on. It was. I had the exact same experience as you. I think we watched it very young. Everyone wanted to find out what had happened, what had happened and where he was over the last five years. Oh my god, I'm so intrigued. But he can't remember? Can't remember. Ugh. Or is he just saying he can't? All was going great with the brothers and their father at the brothers' house. Well, everything was going great for four days. Okay. Oh my god, I'm so scared. On the 5th of December, John was arrested at his son's home in Hampshire. <laughs> John was on front page news yet again. Oh no, what did he do? What did he do? What did he do? Oh my god. We need to go back to 2002. Stop. I want to know now. On Thursday, the 21st of March 2002, John indeed paddled out to sea. But then he paddled to a small cliff edge. 
he climbed out of his boat and up the cliff. Here, he camped in a remote forested area until it was dark. This was when Anne came and picked him up. Okay, maybe it is the case I know. Oh my God, Trish, decide if you know this case or not. I can't. <laughs> I can't decide because if I say what it is, it ruins everything. Well, I can just cut it out. Or, or, do you like this oh, not knowing? I like, I kind of like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. See, John and Anne had devised, it's so hard to say and Anne, the t- John and Anne had devised an elaborate life insurance fraud scheme that was sure to work. The Darwins were living a high life they couldn't afford. It was all a sham. They had 12 properties, but their tenants wouldn't pay rent. Oh, all of them? Mm-hmm. I was wondering, I was like, you have 12 properties, you own your own house and you own next door. Uh-huh. And you have to work as a prison officer. I know. I it, like, doesn't, it doesn't add up. It didn't add up. Mm-hmm. I was like, what's going on there? The properties were in desperate need of repair and maintenance. Uh, so tenants withheld payment, which is like... Bad landlords. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough, you know. God, we were never ballsy to do that. We had a hole in our roof. Do you remember? We didn't no. do that. Where? We did in Magdala. There was a hole in the roof in Magdala. Where? I don't remember the hole in the roof. There was, I always remember there was a hole in the roof. But I don't think it was in like a main part of the house, maybe just in like the hallway or something. It wasn't big, but there was a hole. It wasn't and to the, the outside. The kitchen was sinking. The hole wasn't remember to the, the outside though, was it? I can't remember. And then this kitchen was at a slant. The so kitchen like your, was at a slant. Your saucepan would like, when you put the sauce in and it would like slant down to the edge That's of the right. pan. That's it wasn't right. like level. Yeah. <laughs> Like, if you were to put a ball, like, set it in the middle. Oh, it would roll. It would just roll, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was slanted. It was falling. I was house was, like, sinking. I still like that house. It was so big. I do. It was such a shithole, but I really liked the house. I loved it. Like, and all the stairs. It was massive. It was so big. Do you remember the size of the rooms? Yeah. It was great. I was running up and down the stairs. Bum, 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 bum. It was crazy. We had the whole place, yeah. We had the whole place to ourselves. Let's move back, Tress. I know. Let's move back into Magdala. That was the best house by far. That's so cheap as well. God, we got such a fine. Oh, oh so such dirt a dirt cheap. Where was I? The tenants wouldn't pay the rent. If the gas isn't working, you withhold the, mm-hmm. the rent until they fix the gas, you know? Mm-hmm. Understandable. Mm-hmm. And then some tenants, they just completely skipped out on the rent. So the Darwins ended up paying their bills, mortgages, and land rover, land rover rental installment in credit cards. Okay, get rid of the land That's rover rental. My God, unless you're like locked in for a period of time or something, maybe I don't know. But I mean, like, please. Yeah, you do not need the land rover. It does seem like they got ahead of themselves, though. You do these things incrementally, and mm-hmm. you need to be stable before you do all of these things yeah there's a lot going on yeah they had so many debt collectors some of the debt collectors were threatening to proceed with legal action (gasps) Mm -hmm. with john's life insurance john was worth more dead than alive it's like a title of a movie (laughs) the day john went missing Anne called friends and family and their two sons and told them that john was missing and probably dead she did not tell their sons 
that he was alive and well. Mm. And to me, that's very dodging. Yeah. Well, I just go ahead and say that what? this is the case. You know it. I thought, yeah. But you see, what threw me mm-hmm. was I don't remember him popping up and saying, I have amnesia. I like I don't remember any of that. I just remember mm-hmm. again. I'm not going to give it all away, but I do remember that like like it was a, a scam. Yes, but how you'll get to it? But like how will the insurance people not take the money back off them now that he's popped back up and said hello? I um well we'll get to it. Yeah, we'll get to it. <laughs> but like that confused me. I was like, oh, this is not the same case, but it is. Because, I mean, it's not like this happens very often. <laughs> well, unless you do it correctly. Oh. You know, if you do it well, you might not ever be found. During the first few weeks of the disappearance, John hid in a bedsit in a neighbouring town, while police investigated his home and town, and Anne cooperated. When the police publicly stated that there was little hope John was alive, that was when he moved back home into number three. That's right, I remember that. He was living in the house the whole time. Mm-hmm. Very cruel not to tell the sons, though. Isn't it? Isn't it? Very cruel. But they were really going for it with the with the plan. But then I don't... Him popping back up. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And these terrace Victorian houses in which the Darwins lived had a weird quirk. In the master bedroom behind the wardrobe was a hidden door to the other house, number four. O-M-G. Which they also owned. So John spent spent the next few months hiding inside the number four house adjoined to his own. Anne bought some light curtains to obstruct the view of passers-by. And John spent his time renovating and painting the number four house. <laughs> he was getting to work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's very much like quarantine. You're stuck in a house. What do you do? Paint it. Paint <laughs> what everyone did. Renovate their so house. funny. Using the hidden door to come and go between the houses as he pleased. Anne would feed and water him as well as buy him construction supplies. Nearly a year after this routine, in February 2003, the number four house was completely renovated and divided into little bedsits. They're not wondering who's doing the construction. Right, it's just... Because it's oh, obvious you, there's on. no builders or painters or vans outside. I know, I sure... I'm going to guess that she's not qualified to do any of that or to have the skills. I mean, otherwise she would have done it herself already. Well, she's a receptionist. Maybe she does have the skills. She, and she's pretending she did it. But she's a receptionist at a doctor's office. Like, she has a job. I don't know how... Yeah, so they like, were yeah, how it. is she also doing... Yeah. yeah wow. And he turn it into more bedsits. They need to stop with the bedsits. It's not working. <laughs> I thought the exact same thing. Oh, oh my God. Like you're so bad at this. Stop doing it. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Just do it up and like, sell the house. I was just about to say that. Yeah. yeah. Just just stop being a landlord to sell the house. At a yeah. Property. Oh, God. John moved back into the family home and Anne began renting out the rooms, but of course keeping the room that adjoined number four to number three, so John could leave if Anne had any guests. Two months after moving back into the family home, John was declared dead and the couple received 
£250,000 in life insurance payout. Wow. Mm -hmm. There was a slightly scary moment when John was literally found out. One day, mm -hmm, one day Anne had guests and so John was in the number four house. As he walked down the stairs, he passed another tenant. The tenant said to him, aren't you supposed to be dead? Oh, oh, oh. So yeah. he's in number four while other people, or he moved other people into number four while, while he was there. Yeah, so he's got a room. That's insane to me. That's risky. I know he was doing up the room, so I didn't know he's going to move people in while he was there. Yeah, well, I don't. I, they think, I guess, in a way, they can't sell the house because that's where he's hiding. Yeah, you know. So they're renting so out the rent rooms. So he's probably made them into little tiny studio apartments within the one house, and he's in one of them. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Oh my god! Crazy. Risky. So John replied to the tenant, don't tell anyone about this. <laughs> that is a offer him free rent that, or something? Oh my god, like, Trez, we have the same idea. I thought the exact same thing. So, right? You can't just say, yeah. don't tell. Then don't shut tell. your door. Like, don't what? tell no. anyone. <laughs> don't tell anyone. So apparently the tenant said he just didn't want to get involved. Um, he was just like, no. He's like, I'm staying out of this. But I was like, I would have demanded free rent. Seems. But then maybe was he afraid of him? Like, if this guy was willing to fake his own death, what else is he capable of? Well, just because you fake your own death, I don't think you're capable of murder or something. No, but like, this is a desperate man. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? And he's doing illegal things. I don't, I'm just not, yeah, I can, I can understand. Hmm. But, like, I would have tried I would have tried. I would have tried bribery. bribery? Not bribery. Uh, what, what's the word? Blackmail. Like, yeah. <laughs> I would I yeah, I would try the blackmail. Like, I, I wouldn't push it, but I'd, like, hint at it. I would be like, hmm. Yeah. I might be late on my rent this month. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. I might be short on my rent this month. Yeah. That's wild. Mm -hmm. Okay. John spent most of his time on the internet because he can't freaking leave the house. Mm -hmm. Again, pandemic. But he can't even call anyone. Like, he, yeah. it's just him and Anne. That's it. <laughs> Jeez. And by 2004, he had gone stir crazy. So the couple decided they had to move abroad where John would be free to walk about in daylight and without a costume. They should have done that years ago that would be the whole usually that's what people do right away yeah but like what's that movie prison movie Shawshank Shawshank and he leaves the little mm. money hidden buried in the ground and then he meets him in the other country like you have to leave the country you have to right mm -hmm. so John Darwin applied for and obtained a passport using the false name John Jones an identity taken <laughs> From a local child who had died in infancy. Infancy. Oh my god. Yeah. In what? 1950. But. I don't know. That would be on the record that the child is dead. But it would have been like roughly his same age. Yeah, but on the record he's dead. I don't know how it works. In November 2004, the couple visited Cyprus to investigate buying property there. John, oh my god. I know. <laughs> 
John also flew to Kansas in the US, then Gibraltar, and then travelled to El Puerto de Santa Maria. By July 2006, John and Anne visited and decided that Panama was where they were going to start their new lives. Here, they bought a flat and land, which they said they hoped to turn into a canoeing centre focusing on ecotourism. So many houses, so many canoes. <laughs> oh my god. After buying the flat, the thrilled property manager shook their hands, took a photo of the entrepreneurs, and proudly uploaded it to the company website. <gasps> oh, dun, dun, dun. Bum, bum, bum. Internet can be accessed by everybody. <laughs> John, Why did they pose for that photo? I know, fucking idiots. They were getting away with it for so long. Right? Uh, get some plastic surgery, dude. Yeah, right. Why hasn't he done that? Uh, it's pretty extreme. I know it's usually more like criminals. Well, I guess he is a criminal. He is. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Committed fraud. John and Anne promptly sold the number four and number three houses and transferred the money to Panama. However, their little scheme all came crashing down when it came to light that in Panama, for a foreigner to invest, their passport must be verified by the UK police. <gasps> yes. Knowing that his John Jones alias would not pass this level of scrutiny, John Darwin decided the jig was up. He had to return to the UK and feign amnesia. But can't... Okay, so that's why he... Oh my God, can you hear the children screaming yeah. outside? Yeah, I can. It's like they're chanting. That's great, they're having fun. It's kind of scary. Oh my God, <laughs> chanting at? Um... Sorry, I totally forgot what I was going to say. Amnesia. Can't scans show that, like, you haven't had amnesia? Or I'm not too sure. I don't think so. So, okay. However, unbeknownst to John and Anne, a police investigation into Anne's finances had already started three months prior to John's London reappearance. Oh, they'd already started looking. And I wonder, was it her move into Panama that kind of spurred them to mm -hmm. say, hmm, let's look into that? They're already, yeah, they're already suspicious, yeah. Okay. In September 2007, a colleague of Anne became very suspicious of Anne. Mm -hmm. The colleague told the police that Anne was definitely talking to her husband on the phone about money. <gasps> Perhaps she isn't the canoe widow after all. The police <laughs> thought. That is such a shit title. The canoe widow. Canoe widow. Like I said at the start of the episode, mere days after arriving back in the UK, John was front page news again. He was repeatedly in the news. Although John and Anne nearly got away with the insurance scam, the couple were unable to foresee the intense local outreach and media coverage that would plaster John's face all over the UK. Murderinos and armchair detectives across Britain were intrigued by the canoeist disappearance. How does an experienced canoeer in a life jacket on a calm day just disappear? <laughs> the day after John's arrival, reappearance, a true crime fan, a single mum, typed, John... Anne, Panama, into Google Images, and up popped the property agent's picture of the entrepreneurs buying property in Panama. Mm. It wasn't even the police. 
It was some rando mum. John most definitely was alive, not missing, and did not have amnesia. And Anne was not a grieving canoe widow. The murderino sent the picture to the police and the Daily Mirror. It was front page news. And the media went wild. So sorry, wild. was this before he had turned back up in England? He had just turned back up. He was in London. Okay. The yeah. papers were like, oh my God, he's back from the dead. But this mom And he's all kind of... I don't know who I am. Yes. And then this woman's like, you do know who you are because you were with your wife in Pamina. Panama, Panama. Because she gotcha. feels like, I remember that guy who went missing five years ago. And that was totally yeah. suspicious. So then she Googled him. And then. Yes. It was only like so a he, day or two his after. story, he's peddling this story and mm-hmm. it's a load of bull. Yeah. Okay. And when he gets away. And he's going to be found out. Yeah. Like two days later, he's found out. Ah, okay. Lol. Oh my god, oh, the children, the children. Uh-huh. Could you imagine? It's like the elation of their father's alive. I know. Then, oh my god, my father's a criminal. My mother kept this from me and yeah. made me grieve my father. Oh my god, yeah, just so many emotions. On the 5th of uh... December, the same day, Anne landed in the UK and was, and was arrested at the airport. When shown the Panama picture, all she could do was say, Yes, that's him. My sons will never forgive me. Immediately after this, the police arrested John at his son's house. Oh, God. Later, John's two sons issued a joint statement stating that they felt they had been victims of a scam and that they wished to have no further contact with their parents. The children said that? Mm-hmm. The children said the they boys? were victims of a scam? Yeah, they said they had no idea. They were grieving the loss of their father. And he was alive. He was like in the next house. I know. He was right? next door. That's, it's so messed up. It's really intense. I'm just looking at pictures of them. Sorry. I just really wanted to see that Panama picture. <laughs> They're like in a flat. They look so like unassuming. They're just so mm-hmm. normal looking. Further okay. investigation also revealed that John and Anne were also defrauding the UK teachers' pension schemes. And, and the Department for Work and Pension. So it was like, like, they were also scheming pensions. Like, they were taking so much money. They were just fucking scammers. Yeah, I did not remember. How does one even do that? On the 23rd of July, 2008, John and Anne Darwin were both convicted of fraud. John Darwin was sentenced to six years and three months in prison. While Anne Darwin was sentenced to six years and six months, with the judge noting that it was their sons who were the real victims in this crime. Mr. and Mrs. Darwin were released in 2011 and the couple subsequently divorced. Eventually, (gasps) eventually the entire over half a million pounds in life insurance and pensions payouts received by Anne Darwin (coughs) was repaid. She paid it all back. However, John wow. was John to this day has only paid a hundred and twenty-one pounds. What? <laughs> yes, because all of the assets were all in Anne's name because he was dead, so she was able to pay it back. Oh. Anne, a deeply religious Catholic woman, expressed huge regrets at her actions in a book published in two thousand and sixteen particularly regretting lying to her two sons for so long. 
Unfortunately, they were able to reconcile with the sons. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And that is it. Jeez. He's, he remarried. I'm yes, looking online. he did remarry. And she's a fair bit younger. Here's a headline from the, the Daily Mirror. Canoes this in Panama? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be one of the worst puns. <laughs> yeah, canoes this in Panama. After all that. <gasps> what? The creepy little door. It's actually quite creepy. Yeah, it's really small. So he was like crawling through that all the time. That's bizarre. Anyway, yeah. I love how weird that case is. Could be a movie. <laughs> and you did know it. I did. I mean, like, it's years ago that I listened to that. Years and years. But yeah, no, I always felt it was very memorable case. The way he was in the house the whole time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Her book is called Out of My Depth. Oh my god. There's so many water puns. What on earth? And then there's a picture of a canoe. Oh god. <laughs> and a picture of her like superimposed on the water. <gasps> oh god. Are you going to make Oh my a, god, I love it. Are you going to make a canoe pun for the title then, Tris? Oh, I'll try. <laughs> Canoes this person hiding in my house. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, they call him, like, um, the missing canoeist and, like, canoe man and stuff like that. There's so much about canoe. The canoe widow. <laughs> oh, it's just a very embarrassing case as well, isn't it? Yeah, this is mortifying. There's a lot of embarrassing things of, like, they were shitty landlords and... Yeah. I don't know. Living beyond a lot of, like... Sh- yeah, and did they did, like, stupid things as well, like the photograph and... Yeah. Oh, anyway. Alrighty. Um, sure we... See you on the next one, guys. We are recording this around the time of our 100th episode. Yeah. How about you go out? Not go out. Stay inside. Go onto your phone and give us a little congratulations or something and five stars on, on a review. Oh, that, that would be nice. Yeah. That would be great. And I think that's it. Just more reviews. And follow us on Instagram. I'm trying to get to 3,000. Slana Walia. Bye-bye. See you bye. next one. Me Time and Murder would like to thank and acknowledge our sources that make this podcast possible. References can be found on our Instagram page.